Welcome to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive, featuring conversations with performing artists and industry influencers on what it takes to succeed in the arts. I am your host, Diane Foy, and I believe that you really can make a living from your creative talents. As a publicist, podcaster, and coach, my mission is to educate, motivate, and empower you to thrive with authenticity, creativity, and purpose. Hello, and welcome to episode 37 of Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. February is Black History Month. And there's many events happening across Canada to celebrate. TD Bank held a launch event at Harbourfront Centre in Toronto this week. Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame inductee and pioneering hip-hop legend Maestro Fresh West hosted the event. Maestro has recently become the first rap artist to ever have a song inducted into the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame. His single, Let Your Backbone Slide, was the first rap recording to reach gold and platinum status. As an actor, he is known as Wes Williams, and he's appeared in several film and television roles, including eight seasons of CBC's hit sitcom, Mr. D. He's also the author of the 2010 motivational book, Stick to Your Vision, and has presented TED Talks on self-revision. Now, if you listen to episode 35 of this podcast, where I had solitaire, you may remember me putting it out into the universe that I wanted Maestro on this show. And since for the podcast, I prefer long interviews, um, I wasn't planning on interviewing him or Tanya at the event, but I would take the opportunity to meet them and get their contact info and invite them on for a future date. At the last minute, I thought, why not bring my recorder, do a short interview now as well, and then put it on this week's episode. <laughs> I had such a lovely conversation with both of them. I will now play you something Maestro said. As an artist, so many times I've done such a great job, you know, working on something, I'm thinking my song is done, then I look at the engineer and he says, Wes, we accidentally erased the chorus, you're gonna have to do it over again. And nobody really cares about it, because all they really see is the final product. So there's something that to be said about celebrating the work to get to where you're at. So when I got home, I realized that my interviews did not have any sound to them. I made a mistake. Since I'm still learning how to use the H4N recorder, I thought that if there was not any microphones attached to it, that it would auto-record from the built-in mics. Um, nope. <laughs> I was supposed to press a different button. Somehow I did press that button to record some of the talks on stage. So I still have amazing words of wisdom from Maestro and Tanya uh, to share with you. But I was still a bit gutted. I haven't read Maestro's book yet, but I had it preparing for that future interview I was going to have with him. And still am. Um, so I went straight to the chapter called Falling Down. I needed more motivational words after my screw-up. In it, he tells the story of a time he got to open for Big Daddy Kane, and the mics died halfway through the set, and he was booed off stage. He felt defeated and angry, but in the end, 
Shit happens. And the important thing is to keep going no matter what. I got over this mistake pretty quickly because at this point, life is the roller coaster. One of my favorite sayings lately, (laughs) I think especially since starting this podcast, is the world's not going to end because of such and such. Sometimes it's the world's not going to end if I miss a week of the podcast, like I did last week. The world's not going to end. We all just do the best we can. And to look on the positive of any situation. I'm sure Maestro doesn't sweat it as much when things go, don't go as planned these days either. The thing about not playing it safe and taking risks is that it's inevitable that you will make mistakes. You'll get knocked down. A lot. <laughs> the successful ones don't let that stop them. Get back up and try again. I know I'll never make that same mistake again with that recorder, <laughs> but there will be for sure other things going wrong in this journey. I get back up a lot quicker now. I've been coaching my clients late, lately on motivation. And in addition to figuring out their why, I suggested gathering a list of songs, movies, quotes, books, and other things that motivate you. So they're waiting there when you need that inspiration. One of my favorite motivational songs is Fighter by Christina Aguilera. And I recently heard Maestro's Underestimated. And I'll be adding that to my list. I think I'll make a Spotify playlist of don't mess with me songs. (laughs) What are some of your favorite motivational songs or movies? Let me know on socials. I'm at Diane Foy PR. Here's a bit of Maestro and Tanya Williams from the Black History Month event. And I'll let Maestro introduce the fabulous Tanya Williams. I've been fortunate enough to uh, been on a television series called Mr. D for uh, for eight seasons, man, playing the vice principal. You know? and we shot that in Halifax, and we had a great time. I had a chance to go up home, you know, see my Scotia squad, you know what I mean? And the, the beauty of, of uh, you know, working as an artist is the people you meet along the way, right? So what we're going to talk about in a minute is the the process of community, the process of mentorship, which is very important, man, because coming up, I didn't have too many people older than me showing me what it was to be a rap artist making records. So I learned from people younger than me. I had to humble myself and ask mans like Ghetto Concept, or Socrates, Cardinal, what have you, Rich Kid. And I've learned to be humble and study from from, people younger than me. And the beauty of that is, they might have grew up watching me, but we're watching each other and we're growing together, making our history. All right? So that's what it's all about right now. And then we're gonna bring a friend of mine, man. I mean, we talk about mentors, right? I'm gonna bring out one of my mentors, Tanya Williams, to the stage. Yes, yes, man. You know, let me get my hug, man. Let me get my hug, man. You know what I mean? Okay. So, when I first made the transition from Artist from a from a hip hop artist into, into film and TV, you know. One thing I learned about being an MC, you know, we got transferable skills in hip hop. So I learned the importance of repetition and the importance of preparation. So if it's my script, if it's my rhymes, I'm ready from just practice repetition. 
preparation. If anybody want to battle me, it didn't matter where they're from, Scarborough, region, it didn't matter, I'm ready, right? That's the preparation. But when it came to film and TV, I brought that with me. But it's also a different thing altogether now because now you got to tweak these things as you go along. And I was, I was humble enough to uh, chop it up with Tanya Lee. I remember the time when I came to your house, right? I said, listen, I want to be actor like you, right? And you sat me down and you, you, you showed me the ropes, right? And that meant a lot to me because when I met, rest in peace, Al Waxman. Who remember King of Kensington? Remember King of Kensington? I remember Al Waxman was getting an award. Now, this is before I started acting, but I was, getting, I was thinking about it. So I said, Mr. Waxman, I want to be an actor. He just looked at me and he gave me a <laughs> other side of my face. So I don't know if that was like, you poor thing, son. You don't know what you did. But I never forgot that. So when people come up to me, part of me, they go, Maestro, I want to be a rapper. <laughs> but you never gave me that pat on the cheek. You said you sat me down, we had a nice lunch, and you told me what to do, what not to do, and you showed me things. And I thank you for being a mentor to me. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Williams. <laughs> all right. You got anything to say after all that? No? <laughs> I have a lot to say, yeah. No, you, you know what? It's, it's easy to sit down with someone when you can see that the talent is there, and there's so much talent. A lot of it in, up here on the stage and in this room. So it's always my pleasure to sit down. And Maestro was just, he was phenomenal. You know, a serious person, when a person who just wants to know what are the steps I take, not looking for the easy road to get there, but what are the steps I can take to move my career ahead? Do you remember the first project we worked on together? I do not. Remember movie, do you remember a movie called Poor Boy's Game? Oh yeah, was that the first project we worked on? Do you remember where we filmed that project? Yeah, yeah, 2007. But do you remember where we filmed it? Nova Scotia. Scotia's in the building. <laughs> <laughs> to break into mainstream Canadian television. She's best known for a 20 year starring role as Dr. Olivia Barber Winters on the popular daytime drama, The Young and the Restless, which currently airs in over 60 countries. And international awards, including two NAACP Image Awards and an actual award of excellence Tanya Williams has been the founder and executive director of the Real World Film Festival and Real World Screen Institute since 2001. Through, the real, through real World, Tanya has focused the last 20 years on elevating BIPOC, screen-based Canadian talent through advocating for, for, a policy, for, sorry, for policy change, offering professional development opportunities, opening doors, and getting the BIPOC talent and the opportunity to work industry. Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause for my mentor, Tanya Williams. Oh, this feels really nice. You know what, I don't feel like I'm at this huge sort of event thing. I really feel like I'm, you guys, if, if we, if I lived in a Tyler Perry house, I feel like this is like you guys just coming over for Saturday or something. It's really great to be here, and thank you so much, Julie Black. I, that was just phenomenal. I can't wait to see that musical. And Maestro, you know, it's funny, I'm older than any of the other people up here, so I've watched their careers. I'm 61. Yeah. Do the math. Everybody in this room watched Polka Dot Door and you were all five, so do the math. I just, 
love this industry. You know, I love the entertainment industry, but I was not one of those people. I love those stories where people say, you know, I wanted to be an actress ever since I could speak or walk or talk, but I was not one of those people. I started as a, in classical music. I started playing piano, mainly because that's what my parents started me doing when I was five years old. And if you had asked me, even by the age of 14 or 15, if, if, if I was going to have a career in the arts, I would have said, I'm probably going to be in classical. I, I said to my mother just the other day, if I had to live my life over, I probably, my dream would have been to be in a symphony playing on in, in, in an orchestra. That, that would have been something I would have loved to have done. I played, by the time I left high school, I not only played piano, but I played tenor, tenor saxophone, violin, oboe, flute. I loved classical music and I still do to this day. But it was something Maestro said earlier that made me think of that, which is these are the fundamentals to the discipline that you need in any career you do. So when I started working in the entertainment industry, which was really quite a fluke when I was 16, I applied all of that to the work. It never seemed like it. Actually, I've never found the entertainment industry fun. It's not fun. <laughs> In fact, the thing I hated about school was homework, and I feel like I've dedicated my life to homework, is what it feels like, because there's always a script, and there's lines, and there's research of the character. It is constant homework, and that's what I like to get across to any of the young people that I'm talking about, is that in anything you do, whether it's the entertainment industry or whether you want to be Prime Minister of Canada, is that it's tiny, small, incremental, hard-working focused, dedicated steps to getting wherever it is you want to go. And it doesn't matter what industry that is. You know, we were talking about Black History Month. And yes, a part of that is looking back at where we've come from, which is really far. But a part of it is also recognizing that what we're, all of us in this room, what we're doing today is going to be the history of 50 years from now. We are actually creating the history as it is right now. And that excites me. I've always thought about that even as a young kid. Every choice I've made, every job I've taken, every decision I've made is going to be reflected in the future back as to what did we all do? How did we move our people forward? What were the values that we had that we shared? They're going to look back on that. You see all those statues getting toppled now? You better be living a good life, because your statue could be toppled 50 years from now. So make sure that no matter what industry you're in, whether you want it or not, you are a representation of all the Black people on the planet. You never signed up for that. None of us did. But I know growing up, I was almost always the only Black person in the room, and I recognized that what I said and did Every other eye in the room was going to cast on every other black person that they ever met after that point. So I took that. It can be a heavy burden, but it can also be a really positive thing. You have an opportunity to change people's opinions about who black people are, how they think, what they do, and that they're not one monolithic group of people that move in one monolithic way, that we're varied, that we're different, that we think differently, that we have different desires and, you know, different wants. And that that's about, I think that's the future to me when I think about black history right now. And I think about the future is that we have to change the minds of the world and understanding that all black people are not one people.
And I, I, I love being a part of that history. That's why Maestro said, you know, when I met him and I, and I spoke with him, I do that with everybody. In fact, I was just at the Crystal Awards this year. And when I'm in a room, the first thing I do is I pick out all the black people and I just go over and introduce myself. It freaks them out, but I always do that. <laughs> Um, and I've done that since the very beginning because I never used to see any black people. So if I go in a room and I saw one, how could you not, not walk across the room and say, hi, black person, black person. <laughs> when I went to high school, I was usually the only black kid in all of my um, schools that I ever went to. And I went to schools in England where I was born and in Jamaica and in Canada. But when I hit high school, there was one other black guy. Andy Cole, and I'm sure he was a great guy, but we couldn't be more mismatched and everyone in the school just decided that we should probably date because we were two black people. Even though he was like, you know, like a crazy party guy who like smoked pot and drank all the time. And I was in the band in the classic music. I have no idea why they thought, you know, we'd be a good match other than the fact that we were black. But I met Andy Cole recently. It was great seeing him married and with his kids. And we talked about that, how, yeah, we were supposed to end up together. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> I got an opportunity to start Real World because I was distressed at what I was seeing in Canada. I had started my career here in the late 70s. And I moved to the US because there was such little opportunity. And the reason I know there was such little opportunity was that I remember going to a casting and a, a girl there said, oh, Tanya's here, she books everything. Now, that would have sounded good if I had, was even making a living, but I wasn't even making a living. And at that moment, she doesn't even know it, but that girl was the person who made me think, if I'm booking everything and I can't survive on this money, then it's time for me to make that move. And that's when I moved to the US. But then after being in the US and finding success there and being there for 20 years, I would come back to Canada and speak at different things. And all the young people I met, not just black people, but all people of color, all they ever wanted to talk to me about was how they could get to the US. And that was distressing for me. Like, why did they all have to leave this country, this amazing country, to go to another country to find a success that they should rightfully have here? And real world was really born out of that sort of um, anger and determination um, that, that I had for that, that people can leave the country if they want to, but they shouldn't have to. There should be enough, and we do, we have enough talent here, but there should be enough opportunity. And Naki said something wonderful. People like TD and other organizations, they put money behind that because you can't move things forward without that money. But all of you in this room, I think most of you are in the industry and so I'm just going to say that. I believe everyone I talk to is in the entertainment industry. So let's let's start with that. <laughs> What's important is the entertainment industry is not an industry that is separate than every other industry. I think it was Maestro that talked about the, that black mare. The reason we don't know about that black mare is someone hasn't made a movie about it. The screen, that's the power. It's been the power since it was invented at you know turn of the last century. I love it. I'm old enough I can say the turn of the last century. But this is what we have to remember. The power is in who is telling the story. You know, people, white people did not discover the Caribbean islands. There were people there. 
They didn't discover America. There were people there already. They weren't the first to get to the North Pole. Other people went to the North Pole. They were living at the North Pole. They weren't the first to go up Mount Everest. The Sherpas who helped them get there were the first to get to Mount Everest. But the, there are no stories. You have no narrative talking about this. And this is where it becomes so important. So people need to encourage their young people, whether they become lawyers, doctors, whatever they become, write. Write your stories or tell your biographies. And, and also make sure that someone out there, filmmakers, people in the industry, are making those stories available to everyone so that we can continue to celebrate not only what we've done in the past, but what we're doing right now. I want to thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come here today to see you all and talk a little bit. And I'm excited about this event and the years to come that'll happen. Thank you. In addition to the talks, there was a couple amazing performances from Juno Award-winning reggae artist Exco Levi. I hope I pronounced that right. And another Juno Award winner, Julie Black. You can view the video of these performances at singdanceactthrive.com slash 037. EXO is set to perform at the 5th Annual Tribute to Legends of Reggae Tour this February 8th and 9th in Brampton and Montreal. Julie Black, the queen of R&B soul, is making her musical theater debut in the lead role as Caroline at this year's run of Caroline or Change. The 16 performances run from January 30th to February 15th at the Winter Garden Theater. I'm so excited. I am going to see the show on Tuesday next week. So be, be sure and check it out. That performance that Julie played at the event was insane. <laughs> I hope you found those stories inspiring. I hope it inspires you to expand your network and go back and listen to previous episodes of this podcast that you might have skipped because the guest was a dancer and you're an actor. Or the guest was an actor and you're a musician. I'm not any of those things, and I'm inspired by all of you performing artists. That's why I coach and do PR. I help musicians, actors, and dancers present their authentic selves to the world and increase their influence in order to attract a loyal audience without feeling overwhelmed or doubting themselves. If you want to create bigger opportunities, I can guide you in communicating your skills, values, and personality to propel you to the next level. So if you are interested in coaching or publicity, Visit dianefoy.com. Another cool thing that happened this week is I was interviewed on Rainbow Country on CIUT Radio by the fabulous Mark Tara. And so, yeah, if you would like to hear a half hour interview with me <laughs> about PR and coaching and the podcast and lots more good advice on there. Um, I'll include the link in the show notes to this episode, 
but you can also just check out CIUT and listen to it there. Or you can find the link on my socials at Diane Foy PR. For a transcript and to watch the fantastic performances by Julie Black and Exo Levi, visit singdanceactthrive.com slash 037. And be sure to join the Facebook group for performing artists at dianefoy.com slash Facebook or look up Sing Dance Act Thrive. Thanks for listening to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. Be sure to join the mailing list at dianefoy.com to gain access to exclusive bonus content, a weekly newsletter, and an invitation to our private Facebook group of purpose-driven performing artists and industry influencers. 